You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and lover of LeBron James. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? If you don't stop telling people that I'm a lover of LeBron. Just going to keep drilling it into their heads. So, do you think they win a game? Tonight, or two games? Tonight, I think, is their best shot. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, I thought they would win game two. They didn't. I think they really win game three. I did not <laughs> think at all that they would win game two. I think they absolutely win game three. They just they have to win. Game if two. they don't, they're just they're they're getting swept. So there's something I've seen on Twitter go around, and of course I think it's kind of funny. But a lot of people sharing the uh, this picture with Dirk on the bottom and Wade, Bosch, LeBron on the top. And saying, "Hey, this was when one superstar beat three. You know, yeah, we tw- we tweeted it from uh, Locked On. Uh, oh, okay. Um, is this? It was it was okay back then. Why <laughs> is it not okay then? Now for, for a three on one. And I think I think there's a little truth to that. But who am I to you know say? Who but, are you to say, Isaac? Who who am I to say? Today we are talking about our second round wings. So the Mavs have a couple picks in the second round, and so we're going to talk about a few guys that the Mavs could potentially target. Josh Okoji, Raleigh Alkins, Grayson Allen, Isaac's favorite, and Isaac, bon- Isaac Bonga. That's my brother. <laughs> same same first name, brother. <laughs> so, all right. Let's, uh, got, Isaac, let's get right into it. Let's talk about uh, Josh Okoji. He's a guard from Georgia Tech. He's 6'4 with a 7-foot wingspan. So great length as a two guard. Uh, he's going to be almost. He's going to be twenty by the time the season starts. Uh, last year, averaged eighteen points, six rebounds, two and a half assists, and almost two steals on forty-two percent shooting. So not too great, but thirty-eight percent from three, eighty-two percent from the free throw line in his two years at Georgia Tech. He's quick, athletic. He's a really good defender, and uh, he also had a high usage rate in college. He was like at twenty-seven percent, which I imagine will go pretty far down (laughs) when he gets to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, so when we look at second-round wings, this is obviously the most important pod for for us because we – this is who I want them to draft is a a wing. You can never have enough wings because obviously you're saying, hey, Isaac, who are they going to draft with the fifth pick? I would feel like most people, Nick and I included, will say, hey, it's 95% that it's going to be a big – and it's going to be a center, whether it's Bomba, Jackson, Bagley, whoever the you know one of those guys. If they somehow pull off Luca or move down a few spots and get Mikel Bridges, something like that, it changes things a little bit. You can never go wrong or never have enough wings. But we're operating that we're getting a a, a five man with that fifth pick. So then you come down to the pick to pick thirty three. Which I don't know. I'm about fifty fifty that they will even select at this point. I really think that they're gonna 
when it's all said and done, that they'll be picking in the bottom of the first with that Sixers or Boston pick. I really think that. Um, but anyway, if they stay at 33, there are there are a handful of wings through there that if we got any of these guys, I'm really excited about. And Josh Okoji is one of these dudes that, as the season went along, like people knew about him, but he gained a lot of steam once the season ended. Uh, he gained more steam. He hit the combine. He was one of the big winners through that. He he had really good measurements at the combine. He played five on five, and that was a case, that was a situation for him to just to kind of see if he stuck out. Because if there's one niche position for some of these players to try to um, prove to NBA teams, it's this three and D mold. Like people, like these guys know that the three and D mold is desired by every NBA team. So. For one of so for a couple of these guys to actually stand out when a lot of them are trying to be and prove that they they can be a three and D guy, for you to stand out of that group, I think it's pretty impressive. And, and Koji did stand out. He's not like skin and bones, so like that's the that's one of the things. He looked much bigger at the combine, the five on five, you know, especially when you watch him on TV and stuff of those scrimmages. He just he had a different. He was just a little bit thicker, a little bit bigger than some of these other guys. He played pretty well. He's just one of those versatile defenders. And, I mean, he said he's 6'5 with a 7-foot wingspan. That gives you the ability to groom him that he can play the 2 all the way, you know, the 3 and, you know, maybe even the 4 or some, you know, some crazy lineups, different stuff like that. He had six boards for a guard a game. He averaged six boards a game. Thought that was um, pretty impressive. His last year, yeah. ACC played in the ACC. The six best four conference. guard, averaging six rebounds a game. Yeah, so uh, playing the best conference in college basketball. Gets and uh, <laughs> so that's second always best, a, second best league in the world. That was always a big plus. <laughs> Did you know Doncic played in the second best league? <laughs> Do you um, know the ACC is the best the best conference in the NCAA? I didn't know that. I didn't know if you knew that Bamba went to the Sloan Conference. <laughs> um, but anyway, now I we like we love a Koji. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he will be there. I just think when you get into the bottom of that first round, teams are going to be looking. at There's a lot of point guards through there. There's yeah. a ton of those Javon Carter, Akobos, like guys we talked about already. Anthony Melton, like a bunch of these guys we've talked about already. And I just think when you come when it comes down to some of these playoff teams and they're sitting there saying, What do we need or what could potentially who could like we groom to lock some type of minutes, I think it, it they'll lean more towards these wings because that's where we're at in the game right now. So I think there's a good chance he gets drafted in the first round. But if he lasts to thirty three, I'm all about grabbing Josh Akoji. For sure. Yeah, the ringer has him on their big board at twenty seven right now. Uh, which is kind of where I expect him to end up going. Um, Tankathon has them, has him. Hmm. Never mind. We won't. We won't go with them. He's a little. He's he's way too low <laughs> for, for where they have him. Uh, but yeah, I don't really expect him at thirty three. But it would be be interesting if they could get their hands on him. Uh, what do you think about his fit with Dennis? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I mean. Any wing that has uh, really good length, and I mean, he shot thirty-eight percent from from three. So if he can like get, I mean, if he can keep it at 38, 40, like that would be awesome. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, it's not 
we've said this before. It's not somebody where you're not drafting at 33 saying, man, he's going to be our two guard. Yeah. <laughs> Starting two guard of the future. No, but you want to draft somebody at that spot that could have a, a big role on your team or a spot in the rotation with the long-term, if everything hits right, potential to maybe be a starter one day. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. And that's what that's what you'd expect. Uh, what do you think about his ceiling and his floor? <sighs> oh, gosh. Um, I mean, he he's a 6'5 wing that can play defense and shoot. So, I mean, I, I think his floor is decently high. As long as somebody, you know, if they just make him a 3 and D guy, that's the thing. If they yeah. just settle at him being a 3 and D guy, that's good. I don't know if he's a go-to you're going to, like, run plays for and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, ceiling, gosh, I don't know, NBA starter. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good ceiling. Yeah. We're, then we're still talking about second round, like the first first round guys. We've been talking about like, oh, he could be an All NBA. <laughs> this is yeah. just, it's a different animal talking about these second round guys. Um, there's such a big such a big disparity. I don't ever. I, I definitely see him in a uh, like in a rotation as like his floor. You know, I just can't see him not making it in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. There you go. So uh, next guy that we'll talk about uh, is Raleigh Alkins, the guard from Arizona who also could be a good fit with Dennis, but we'll get to him right after this. All right, Raleigh Alkins, the guard from Arizona, 6'4", with a 6'9", wingspan, so still pretty good. Uh, He's going to be 20 on draft day. Uh, His last year at Arizona, he averaged 13 points, uh, almost five rebounds, two and a half assists, uh, 1.3 steals, and almost a block in 31 minutes. He shot 36% from three and 72% from the free throw line. He's a really good on-ball defender. Uh, he's going to eventually be a he's, he'll be a better spot-up shooter in the NBA. That's something he has to improve, though. Uh, he, he can create off the dribble and be potentially a lead ball handler, I think, uh, in the NBA. Yeah, so like when you're comparing Hawkins to some of these other guys, some of these other wing prospects, he doesn't have the length of a Koji or... You know, even I, my guy in this in this range is Melvin Frazier. We're gonna leave him for a different pod because we both agree that he he's a first round pick. Um, so he's not gonna be in this one. But like, he doesn't have the length of Frazier. He doesn't have like, you know, he's six four with the six eight six nine wingspan. So it's like, okay, you don't have the measurements that just like really scream like really stand off the page. But he has. <laughs> He's like, he's like the pit bull, like that's 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 what's intriguing about yeah. him to me. Like his, he is so tenacious. He has the high, he hustles a lot. He has that high motor, whatever you want to use with that. I know Charks loves this guy. Like we were throwing some names off each other a few days ago, and he's all about Hawkins. He has him. Uh, I don't know if you have. Charks's. Ringer has him at thirty-one. I don't have Charks' specific one up, but okay. I know he has him uh, fairly high on on his board. He's all about him being that um, kind of you know second round target or whatever to be. He has him at twenty. Wow. So yeah, Charks has him at twenty. And the ringer he, the ringer draft guide is a composite of all of their 
uh, ratings. And so that means that the other guys have him lower than 31 and that Charks <laughs> has pulled him, pulled him up to 31. Yeah. So like, I mean, he shoots 35% from three. He was, you know, the main wing at Arizona uh, with DeAndre Ayton down low. I love the Lance Stevenson comp for him, yeah. but he has a better head on him. You know, just picture, uh, you know, Stevenson's body, his type of game, as far as this like, you know, versatile defender, all that different stuff, and that's what I think Hawkins could be. That I love Hawkins at that thirty-three pick. He is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to narrow down my group of players to like three wings and like two bigs, five players that I really want with the 33rd pick. And at some point before the draft, I'll have it narrowed down between five. And because I wanted to get a smaller group, but I'm Hawkins is in that top five for me, as far as who I want at 33. I'm a big believer in him. There you go. That's uh that's Ryan Hawkins. Anything else you want to say on him? No, nothing else. Nothing else on him. All right, the other guy that Isaac really, really wants at the 33 pick is Grayson Allen, the guard from Duke. He's six four and a half with a six seven wingspan. He's just about 200 pounds, and uh, what you're getting from him is you're getting Nothing. shooting. Stop. <laughs> you're shooting. You're getting the uh, you say the veteran savvy of being able to uh, dism- dismantle your opponents. I think I would throw that in there. He tries the trip in the NBA. <laughs> he's gonna get popped in his face. No, he's got NBA range. Uh, he's, he's decent on defense, I guess. Pretty good rebounder for his position. Um, he's got the attitude. I guess you can throw that in there. He's got that, that Duke tenacious attitude. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. He, he's a very good passer too. He averaged four and a half assists per game, uh, in his senior season. Isaac does not want Grayson Allen at all. And Isaac, tell them why you don't want Grayson Allen like at all. Uh, because he's a dookie and he likes to trip players. So, I I, I can mean, see Carlisle loving Grayson Allen though. Absolutely, could I see him being a Maverick? One hundred percent, I could see yeah. it. And that I mentioned this before. They have the Mavericks have you know good ties with Duke. And as far as if if you took his name away and you took Duke away, as him as a prospect isn't bad. <laughs> Because, like, his size, uh, his, like, outside shooting a little bit, and, like, just Just say his size, though. He's not a two, though. And you'd think that his game would say he's a two, but he's kind of a point guard. Mm, I would say he's more of a two than a point. But I could see a team using him off the bench as, like, a secondary playmaker. Something like that. Yeah. Um, But, no, I mean... I just I wasn't a fan of the tactics. I obviously watched him a lot in basketball because the ACC is the best college conference in the world. <laughs> he would fit well with that Mavs second bench unit, though. Hey, yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> um, he can knock it down. He's a he's a good passer and uh, de- decent on defense, so that he could you know that team scheme defense that they do with that second unit. The Mavs do. He could fit in that. I guess so. All right, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let Isaac just to, just wallow in this self hatred anymore. Let's uh let's move on to our next guy. Uh, this is a guy that you are excited about, Isaac. So I need you to, I need the energy to, to be pumped back up again when we get into this guy. <laughs> but before we talk about Isaac Bonga, Isaac, let's take a quick break. 
All right, Isaac. Isaac Bonga, the wing from Germany, 6'8", with a 7-foot wingspan, 200 pounds. He's going to be 18 still on draft day. He doesn't turn 19 until November. Uh, he's this long, defensive, good playmaking passer. He's got a, a pretty good handle. He shot 90% from the free throw line last year. Uh, but his weaknesses, I would say, turnovers, very inconsistent shot. Yeah, I mean, that 33 might be a, a little reach for him. You'd want, I mean, at at the fifty fourth pick, I would I would be so dang happy if we got him at that pick. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think it, he's so young. You know, he is eighteen, and that's you know kind of appealing because you get this molding factor, especially if he's in the second round. And you're like, hey, what could we form him into? But I don't know if he would come over right away. It might be a draft and stash type of thing. A lot of his. Um, tape and stuff i've watched is this um kind of lower level national ball with uh, the german team uh they also mavericks obviously have uh, connections to uh, german basketball believe it or not guys uh dirk maxi whatever but yeah man he he is the type of guy that when you look at these like really young raw like european prospects like that, that you could take, bring into your system, mold them in, like, ha, you know, have them send him play in the D League some, try to develop him into this thing because you just don't get too many six foot nine playmakers like this Bonga kid. And watching his, watching, even just watching his like highlight stuff, his long strides, like, you know, you know I don't want to say like Giannis and all that stuff, but like, it, it did remind me of seeing these early tapes of Giannis streaking the court and he has these super long skinny legs, you know, and it's it's not just like him running down the court, it's him with the ball and his body movement to be able to get through the paint, weave in and out of defenders with these long strides and get to the basket with this seven foot wingspan and that that's what watching him run transition and getting the ball and like he has a really good vision he pushes it some he's 18 year old kid and like he does push the passes some he tries to make the great you know spectacular passes tries to push the need a little bit too much and that obviously makes your turnovers go up but yeah I, i'm I, I love him as that prospect that you take and say hey we could develop him into something his shot you know he has some he's got to figure that out and you know all that stuff but I can't rave about bonga enough I, I love this kid <laughs> you can keep going <laughs> nah, I like him a lot and I, I want to see I'm really intrigued with his range because we, you see different mock mocks, and you might see some of these guys, and this is where some of these movement of draft picks might come into play because we talk about those late first round picks, and I'm, I mentioned it, you know, whatever we we're talking, and you know, there's a group of four or five teams there at the bottom of the first that I could see them moving out of the first completely because of a cap situation. That the cap situation this summer and going forward is going to impact the draft more than what I think people will you know, are thinking about is, you know, shedding money when contracts, attaching picks to contracts to, you know, move out, moving out of the first altogether. So they don't have to pay the guaranteed money to the first round picks. So like those picks in the bottom of the first, like Boston or Philly or whoever it is, we might see some 
international prospects taken at the bottom of the first, even though that there's some other players that are you know, ahead of them and better than them because these teams like Boston, like Philly, like they don't, they're not going to put these guys on. They don't need another roster player. They don't need another guy. Like they have too, too many, especially Philly. They are setting on guys. Remember they have Jonah Bolden. They want to bring over They have the big, uh, remember the big seven foot two dude last year, the big center, the his first name started the A and it was like passionate or something like, yeah, He's another draft and stash guy. Like they're setting on these first round first round picks. First round picks. Not second round. They're setting on first round picks that are like draft and stash guys that they like are waiting to bring over. So that's the you know, they don't need another one of those guys. So that's why you could look at some of these teams like Boston or whatever. It's kinda like when Boston took uh Gershon, you know, Yabusele. He's a good player, but like they oh, you took mean him the because French Draymond? The first game on, um, but he's a good player. But it's like they didn't have a spot on the roster, so you could see like that in that situation. I could see Bonga like creep up into that bottom of the first, just because some team might fall in love with what he could potentially be one day and say, "Well, we don't need the roster spot now, so let's pick him, see if we can develop him, and you know, put him overseas somewhere." So, but if not that, man, it's it's wide open then. I think it would challenge some people if Dallas took him at 33, mainly because Dallas wants to win right now. And I think with that 33rd pick, I think you with the guys there, a guy like an Okoji, a Raleigh Hawkins, if Melvin Frazier falls, any of those guys I think could step in and log minutes off the bench next year. There you go. Those are some wings that they could potentially – uh, target in the second round some interesting guys and uh we have some more guys for sure coming up some more second rounders we're going to do bigs and then we're going to do our late first and droppers too so we're going to talk about some guys that could be there in the late first the guys maybe that have risen that we thought we would be talking about <laughs> in the second round that are moving up we'll talk about them sometime next week yeah and there, there's a couple a couple other dudes just to keep an eye on is the Rodion's Kirk's uh, however you say his name, obviously is the uh, guy from Spain, from Barcelona, uh, Barcelona's second team actually. But yeah, he was borderline first round pick last year. Thought people thought he was going to be in there. He's like a six nine, six ten, like scorer. I watched some tape on him past over the past day or so, but it looks like he's going to be in the draft. I don't know if he'll be drafting stash or not, but I mean, anytime you have a six nine, six ten, like fluid score like that, then. He could be, you know, a target in the second round. And I'll, I'll give you one name that's kind of a deeper one is Kevin Hervey. So out of UT Arlington. Ooh. And I, I like him. I think it might be a pick in the 50s. But he tore, and this, this is where it gets, you know, however you feel about this and why he's like farther down. He tore his ACL in high school. He tore his other ACL in college. Oof. So he's tore both of his ACLs. But like measurements wise, he's like six seven with like a seven three or seven four wingspan. Yeah, has a really nice shot, and so he could be one of those like sneaky, you know, wing guys at like fifty four that they could take and say, hey, let's you know, let's just see. I mean, you look at draft history in the fifties; it's not very good. So you're just throwing darts with your eyes closed and hoping that you can hit the board at least. Okay, so <laughs> that's what you're kind of doing in the fifties and. He would be a guy that I'd be down, a wing that I'd be down with taking with the 54th pick order. 
That is an interesting name for sure. A guy that would stick around in the Dallas area. You, you don't know. Could happen. Anything is possible. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom.